When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And it is Judd's Hockey Show, Zolgad, Declan Goff, and uh, we are joined by our friend Jess Myers, who of course you can find his work at the Rink Live and Forum News, covers college hockey, the National Hockey League, and all that good stuff. Um, and Jess, I do want to discuss with you what's going on with the Gophers in college hockey uh, before we get done, but I want to start with the new look wild. Um, Bill Guerin, Jess Myers, is not messing around when it comes to uh, turning over this roster thoroughly, and I must admit, I'm impressed. I mean, he has really come in now and uh, made quite a big mark. You know... I think back, you know, and I'm a, I'm a historian here. I think back 15 years ago to the end of the 05 lockout where we lost an entire NHL season. And then it was like somebody hit shuffle on the rosters in the NHL, except with the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> so like, there was this huge free agent frenzy, if you recall, yep. in about 2005. And Doug Risebrow sat back and said, well, you know, we got Brian Rolston before the lockout, so we've made our big move already. And I'm thinking, Brian Rolston is your big move? And, you know, a, a year later, they went out and got Pavel Dimitra, God rest his soul. You know, he was a good player. You know, they got Martin Havlat. They kind of made these wishy-washy little moves now and then of guys that have been uh, obviously past their prime, obviously seen their best days. Mm-hmm. And they kind of considered that, okay, we're doing something. You know, they make the big splash in 2012 when they signed Suter and Parisi. And I think, again, they kind of thought, okay, we made our big move now. We're done. Um, we're seeing a different philosophy. Let's, let's just say that with, uh, with Bill Guerin. He is, he's not messing around, and he's certainly not waiting around. So gone are Donato, Cunnan, Eric Stahl, Dubnik, Koivu, Galchenyuk in Cam Talbot and goal, Marcus Johansson, who I believe is going to at least start as probably uh, the top-line center, and he is, of course, a guy who probably thrives more playing wing, but that's a different discussion. Nick Benino acquired from a Nashville in, in the Cunning trade, will probably be a third-line center to start the year, and then uh, Blaine native Nick Bukestead comes in. Uh, how much do you think, Jess, that this, uh, when it comes to what Garen is doing, is a work in progress. Because it does strike me as this is a transitional thing. And I sort of like the fact that Garen, in freeing up salary cap space, uh, not for right now, but for, for the future, is giving himself the ability to look at lots of guys, 
but not make a commitment. And it just feels like we are in the midst of a transition for the Wild and the roster that is not close to probably being done yet. Well, and, you know, that was kind of the story of the first couple days of free agency is nobody really got any big contracts. You know, uh, you know a lot of folks out there are happy to get one year at 750000 or something like that just to kind of see what they can do, you know, a chance to prove themselves, you know, whatever. And you're seeing that with the Wild, too. Now, the one name you didn't mention, and we can't forget, it wasn't a trade or an acquisition, but they finally got Capriol real Kaprizov yes. uh, on the roster. And, yes. you know, a lot of excitement about him. Um, this always scares me because, again, being a student of history, the last time I saw this much hype about a European guy that they had finally gotten into camp, it was Mikhail Granlund, and we all know that that turned out to be, uh, you know, a lot of years of pretty average play and, you know, nothing to, to, to get fans on their feet very often. So uh, I'm iffy about that one. But, uh, you know, a good draft, I think. Um, went out and got centers, which is what they needed. Went out and got a couple D, which they're building for the future there. And you mentioned I cover the Gophers. I'm already seeing it. Eric Hall is still out there. He's still a free agent. A lot of a lot of Gopher fans saying, "Hey, what about this guy? He's got a wife from Minnesota. He lives in the area. You know, he'd be a cheap add to this team. A, a guy who knows the the franchise has played with the Wild in the past, so." He might not be done yet. We'll just have to see. So here's my thing about that, okay? Bill Guerin, and I love this, and Fletcher didn't do this. Bill Guerin isn't just making changes for on-ice personnel reasons, Jess Myers. Bill Guerin is sending a message. Let me give you the Bill Guerin quote of of all his Zoom quotes in the last two weeks, okay? I'm going to give you the quote that I almost teared up at because it's so unwildlike and yet so welcome if you're a person that follows this team. Quote, if you want to stay here, here's your opportunity. If not, well, we'll find something else that works. Um, in other words, Granlin and Halla and, and, and the past guard of this team, in my opinion, are not coming back. And Koivu's not gone because he can't play. I mean, you could have brought him back on a really cheap contract to play on the fourth line, and he's going to win you some face-offs. Bill Guerin is sending a very clear message. One, if you aren't nailed down to a locker stall at the X, you could be gone. And two, if you're comfortable here, i.e. some good guys. Eric Stahl, good guy, right? If, sure. if you get comfortable and you, and you like the outdoor rink that you bought, you better damn well be really good because your comfort is not his concern. I am intrigued, too, because... You know, as soon as it became clear that Miko Koivu was gone, the question begins, who's going to be the next captain? Well, the two words, names I heard most commonly were Eric Stahl and Luke Cunnan. You know, they didn't last a week. They're, they're both gone. Right. So, uh, you know, how, where do you look for leadership on this team now? That, that, that's a, a big offseason question. And you're absolutely right, by the way. Uh, Mikhail Granlin, uh, who I mentioned already, he's still out there. He's still available. He ain't coming back here. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you, you, he, we've, saw, we've seen the best of Mikhail Granlin, and it wasn't that great. So, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely the uh, the Garen stamp on this team. And, you know, he's, he's making some bold moves. He's not afraid to, to, to mess around and mess with things. And, by the way, you mentioned Miko. Uh, how about leaving town on a sour note, too, when he goes to Columbus <laughs> and the first thing he said is, I signed here to win playoff games. You know, uh, the only thing akin to that I could have seen is, is Adrian Peterson saying that going to the Lions, you know, as, as a <laughs> shot at the Vikings or something like that. Yeah, okay, Columbus with that rich playoff history. Best of luck to you. Here's his quote. 
because I pulled this. I, and honest to God, Miko, I mean, how can you? Oh, okay. His quote was, was I, I never got a chance to go far in the playoffs, obviously here. That's my number one goal as an individual. And I think you realize that more and more, once you get a little more experience and you see other teams' players having that success as a team, that's something that drives me right now, and that's the reason why I signed with Columbus. I looked it up, okay? The Wild and Blue Jackets came in the league, as you know, Jess, in 2000. Yep. The Blue Jackets have fewer playoff appearances, and they have won, count it, one series. They upset Tampa Bay last year in the playoffs. So Miko Koivu, I mean, first of all, don't make it sound like you left on your own accord. You were shown the door. <laughs> Second of all, if you're going to pull that stunt, here's the, here's my advice in the future. If a team is trying to trade you at the deadline, which Garen was, Billy Garen gave Miko an opportunity. I can send you to a team that can win, and you block that trade. Don't come back now and tell me, well, what I really want is to try and win. No, you don't. You are comfortable. You thought that they would never jettison your butt. They did. Don't reinvent history. I, uh, I'm always reminded of my favorite, you know, I want to leave quote, maybe of all time, in, in, especially in NHL history. Wayne Gretzky he had been in Los Angeles, you know, several years. Things were obviously nearing an end in Los Angeles. It just, uh, you know, it hadn't worked. He hadn't gotten them a Stanley Cup, all of that. Although, you know, you can argue the merits that Wayne Gretzky changed, changed hockey in America and especially in the southern half of America yep. permanently, I think. Um, but it was, it was clear he wanted out of Los Angeles. And his quote was, and, and keep in mind who the good teams were in the, in the mid-90s, he said, my family really, my wife and I really want a place, you know, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, we really want to raise our kids in a place that's a little more family-friendly, like Detroit or New York. <laughs> oh, because New York, yeah, Manhattan. Yeah, and Detroit. Yeah, and, and Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Okay, Wayne. Yeah. Have in other fun. words, I want to win one more cup, but this is my excuse for it. Yeah. And he did eventually wind up in New York, for, I think, for his final season. So, you know, God bless him. Jess, what do you think about the Wild also parting ways with Luke Cunning for Nick Benino and draft picks? And I know we probably, we touched on the, the roster shakeup, but... You obviously saw him play a lot in college. There was there was some leadership qualities to his game. I, I guess I just have, and Nick Benino right now is obviously a better player than Cunning, but I just have a little bit of trepidations watching a guy like Luke Cunning, who I really thought finally came into his game after that broken leg uh, a few years ago, and I just have some trepidations about him possibly blossoming in, in, in Nashville and, and without the Wild. There's obviously a chance of that. Now, this is, to me, the work of a general manager getting the devil he knows for the devil he doesn't know. Um, he came, uh, uh, Garen came from Pittsburgh. He knows those Pittsburgh guys very well. He got Nick Benino because he knows Dick, Nick Benino. He knows what he's getting there. He's unsure, obviously, about Cunning because Cunning wasn't one of his guys. So it's a typical move that way. And, hey, let, let's be honest. Anytime the Wild make a trade with anyone other than Buffalo, it's a surprise. So, you know, hey, I, I like the move. I, I, I don't yes. I don't know, you know, long-term that Cunning's going to give you that much more than Benino will give you in the short term. I also think that, that if you look at what Garen has done here in the last three weeks or so, Jess, I also think his goal was probably to break up the click of Greenway, Donato, and Cunning. Right. And it's very clear to me that their path is this, and they're probably right. They think that Greenway has something there. 
but they need so much more as far as, as devotion to the craft that I, I think that Garen is very much trying to manipulate guys wisely here. And Benino, too, he's going to come in and not control that room, but he's going to give it an, an element it lacked. He doesn't strike me as a real comfortable guy as far as, oh, Minnesota's great. I think I'm just going to settle down here and have roots here. So I do think a lot of what we're seeing from the wild GM is off the ice trying to – because he, he's been a captain. He's won cups. Yep. And and look, we haven't been wrong for all of these years in saying that that room seems odd. I think Garen looked at that room and said, oh, my God, okay, I can't trade some guys, but guys I can trade, I am going to, to trade. And from a starting point, the thing that struck me for the last five years or so on that team has been the level of comfort and the level and the amount of guys who seemingly are like, well, we're not winning, but, man, it's a great state. I like playing here. At that time, the building is packed. I think Garen looked at that entitlement to a certain degree and said, that's got to change. And on that, he's 100% right. Benino, Benino, I think, won't be afraid to start a fight in practice if he perceives guys are uh, slacking off. You know, there's a, a, the, I love the use, your use of the word entitlement because you're seeing that on all levels of this franchise to a certain extent. And I'll go back again to that 15 years ago that I talked about when the Wild did absolutely nothing in that free agent frenzy. And one of the things, you know, I'm pretty sure you and I talked about at the time was you're selling out every game. Yep. Every game's on TV. The merchandise is hot. This is the state of hockey. You don't really need to go out and spend a lot of money to keep selling out the building. And, and you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, they, they tell me, you know, every time they open the doors of that building and it's sold out, that's a million dollars in the pocket of Craig Leopold every single game. So that kind of sense of entitlement too that you know we don't need to work that hard to to keep the fans coming back because they're going to love us no matter what we do i think you're seeing some of that come to an end especially you know with the the goofiness of of the pandemic with the economy in upheaval um tickets are going to be a tougher sell and and Mm -hmm. who knows you know when fans will be back in the building all that so i really think you have to give the the fan base uh, another reason to kind of re-engage with this team and let's face it in those four playoff games we saw nothing to get excited about we saw a lot more of the same um from this team that you know just really didn't ever find its way really didn't ever find a leader they didn't obviously find a goalie or at least not one that they trusted on an every night basis and you know uh, alex Stalock did i think everything in his ability they signed the finnish kid to an extension they're obviously going to roll with him as a potential you know future goalie for this team but then they went out and said, that's not enough. We're going to get Cam Talbot for three years and, you know, have a true number one goalie in the stable and, and see what he can do. And by the way, sad note, uh, Matt Robson, the former Gopher goalie who signed to a two-year contract, they burned one year right away. Yeah. He was uh, a pretty good goalie in Iowa last year for them. Uh, he got cut loose, so he's a free what agent. What happened there? Yeah, we're, we're still waiting to see where he, he winds up. You know, kind of a weird deal. You have to wonder, hindsight being twenty twenty, if leaving the Gophers a, a year early was the best move for him, although he did get a two-year contract out of it and made a little bit of money and kind of got his feet wet. I'm wondering if he'll wind up in Europe or someplace like that. Uh, funny note, by the way, on Twitter, I, I got a fan who said, well, it's obvious the Wild just signed Matt Robson for the hometown feel because, uh, you know, they want to keep more Gophers. They want to keep fans interested. Well, two flaws in that theory. <laughs> Number one, 
Uh, Matt Robinson's from Toronto, and he played for the goalies, Gophers for a year and a half. And number two, uh, he didn't see the light of day outside Des Moines. So, you know, not, not a lot of fans buying Matt Robinson replica jerseys with, with the Wild uh, logo on the front. Now, so what, what's your, your best guess in goal? Do, do you think that Cam, so he, he definitely is going to be um, the top goaltender going into what's going to be a uh, pandemic-impacted-again 2021 season. But do you think that they're going to roll – here with Cam and Staylock long term, do you think it, it's going to be? I I just my whole thing with Capo is I'd really like them to get a look at the kid. And now if Talbot is the main starter, that's fine. And I think he's an okay goalie, but I don't see this as being you know three years Jess of of Cam Talbot as one A for sure. I think this could evolve and definitely change within the uh, time that his three-year, $11 million contract is going to run. Dean Evison is like all coaches. They don't like to think about goaltending. They just want somebody back there that they don't have to worry about. So I see Cam Talbot playing about 75% of the games if he's healthy. Now, uh, signing Capo and, and having Alex Daylock there are good insurance policies because injuries happen. I mean, we've seen that. We saw you know, a Josh Harding blow out his knee in, the, in training camp or in, in a preseason game before, and they had to rush and you know, come up with uh, other solutions there. Um, you know, you, you, rem- you remember Ilya Brizgalov kind of coming in on an emergency basis. Oh, yeah. You know, so, so we've seen that before, and I think uh, that's just an insurance policy against, you know, something like that happening to have three guys under contract and, and you know, be able to roll with three guys. Just too, you also got to factor in with uh, Seattle getting the expansion draft here that the, the, the Wild will basically have to make a big decision of, do you want to expose Talbot, who you just who you just signed? I saw a note from Michael Russo that Capo Cockton does have to be protected. I thought he was exempt because he was a first or second year player, or obviously that's Staylock too. So no matter what, the Wild are going to have to probably expose a goaltender, but would Seattle be more inclined to take one of those goaltenders or pass and possibly take someone else in the expansion draft that could be a better person in net for them? Goaltending's a goofy deal. I mean, just based on uh, the expansion draft of the Wild, which seems like a long time ago, but it's only 20 years ago now, um, you kind of tend to roll with younger, less expensive guys, it seems like. So, you know, you'd, you'd think they would look at a, you know, at a capo or somebody like that. Uh, an expansion team would, but I think you're going to probably wind up having to protect him and maybe protect Staylock and leave the big contract uh, of Talbots out there and say, hey, Seattle, if you want to take a bite at that, good Yeah, one. exactly. They're, and I don't think that they, they would. I think the Seattle thing is going to be very intriguing to watch because one is nobody's going to do the Golden Knights deal of, hey, um, we'll, give you, uh, we'll give you three players to keep one. And I'm also cu- curious to see are the Kraken going to feel pressure from the Golden Knights' success to try and duplicate success early or go with the Judd expansion plan, which is suck for three years because people are going to flock to your games and and use those three years to not be good and build up draft picks and actually accumulate talent and then within, let's say, year four or year five start to pop because – the way that the Golden Knights did it was fun, and it was a great story. And, and, but I still don't know it's the smartest way to go about building an expansion team. The Golden Knights are the greatest expansion story, not only in NHL history, but in sports history. The way they have, you know, year one, you're in the Stanley Cup. Oh, it's ridiculous. I know. Okay. And here's what's great about it. The NHL and every other sport is absolutely terrified that it will happen again. <laughs> and they should be. I don't want it to happen again. Great story, but I don't want it to happen again. You should stink. 
Exactly. I mean, don't don't you have to take your lumps like everybody else? Yes. Hey, you know, good good for Vegas. And you know, you and I going back five years ago, Judd, we're talking about the fact that you know we were questioning how hockey was going to play in Vegas, especially when now that that's been seen as a viable major league sports market. How long before the NBA finds a way to get a team in there? Uh, you know, you've got the NFL now there. You you wonder if the the Golden Knights will become an afterthought within a few years, especially if the team trends downward on the ice. But again, it's also one of those things where it's a tourist attraction. It's, uh, you know, the greatest road trip destination for every fan base out there. And, you know, I I haven't seen the official release, but we're going to hear any minute that uh, Vegas is going to host a Frozen Four coming down the pike. We keep hearing UNLV is a a serious contender to add college hockey at the Division One level. So you wonder if, uh, you know, things will continue to grow there in some some respect. And they they did, Jess. Las Vegas is getting it, I believe, in 2024. I believe the St. Paul gets it in 2024. So I believe okay. I believe the order is Tampa, St. Paul, Vegas, and then I, I'm blanking on the fourth one. But Vegas is th- getting a frozen I think, four. I think Detroit is getting one uh, yeah. to, to to fill in for last year. Obviously, they lost the uh, the frozen four at the last minute there. The Tampa one, my favorite. Everyone per- talks oh, I about the Tampa it. Everyone frozen loved it. four. I, I wish I could see it. It sounds great. It is great. It's oh, the ideal place I, for I was, I was wrong. I'm, I'm looking at the release right now. St. Louis, really. Missouri in 2025. So uh, back to St. Louis. Um, okay, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I will say this. Being a, a Frozen Four historian like I am, uh, 2007, I believe it was, the last time it was in St. Louis, Michigan State, last time a Big Ten team has won the, uh, the Frozen Four. So, so maybe, maybe that'll be the good luck. Jess, all, all you care about, and I don't blame you one bit, is, is quality of Frozen Four City, <laughs> and St. Louis ain't going to cut it. Tampa Bay cuts it. Vegas cuts it. Detroit I don't know about. You know, Detroit's got a nice new arena. They they they've cleaned up downtown a little bit. It's a place where they love. That's hockey. true. They do have the new building. You, you you know me. You know my roots. I will never ever refer to Detroit as hockey town because that name was stolen from uh, <laughs> from the true hockey town USA, Warroad, Minnesota. But uh, but you know, Detroit's not a bad site. And you know, to to the credit of the Detroit Sports Commission, they were all over the place last winter. They had the trophy at Hockey Day, Minnesota. They they were all over college hockey rinks around the country promoting that Detroit. Frozen Four. It's a place kind of in the middle of the college hockey world where everybody can drive. That's to. true. So, You're right. So I, I, I'm not going to crap right. on Detroit and, and their efforts to, to host a good Frozen Four at Little Caesars Arena, and hopefully they get another chance. Why didn't Warroad sue when Detroit tri- copied that name? So here's the deal. I talked to a legal expert about this. <laughs> well, um, seriously, yeah. Thank it, you. It's actually kind of a stalemate because, you know, for example, has the name Motown ever been copyrighted or people just call Detroit Motown? That's just accepted that that's their name or Motor City. Okay. So Warroad had never physically copyrighted the name. They just thought, okay, we're Hockey Town USA. This is who we are. We've been, oh. we've been called this since the 50s. And then Detroit in 96 or whenever it was when they started using that name, they actually slapped a copyright on it. <laughs> so legally they own the name, but talking to a legal expert, it's kind of a stalemate, but because Warroad has such a history with using that name, uh-huh. Detroit can't prevent them from using the name legally, but because Detroit actually copyrighted it, Warroad can't prevent Detroit from using the name. It's so, kind of this, this weird stalemate. So you dropped the ball. Apparently so. Yeah, Warroad dropped the ball. That's right. Somebody, uh, you know, should have had, had more lawyers on their side or something like that. I don't know. Okay, so... The the college season is going to start, did I see this, around November 13th? Are we going to get through it, in your opinion? 
Friday the 13th. What better time? My, it's my birthday, actually. 51 for me. <laughs> well, happy birthday to you and happy birthday to all of us because we are finally going to get some form of college hockey. Yeah. I think we will get through it. Um, I'm not naive enough to think that there won't be goofy stuff where games have to be moved or postponed because, you know, a player tests positive and, and things like that, like we're seeing in the NFL or we're seeing in other sports. But I do think that there's been enough of a precedent set and, you know, talk to any college coach out there. As soon as the date was announced, Bob Motzko said, yep, we're excited. We've got a date now, he said. And, and he's talking to me, but he's also talking to the guys in uniform. He said, now the pressure is on the players. You've got to be smart. You've got to wear your mask. You've got to wash your hands. Yeah. You've got to avoid parties, all that. So, you know, they're throwing it right in the lap of the student athletes to say, you want to play? Here's what you've got to do. You know, don't mess this up for the sake of uh, going to a kegger or something like that. Yes, so I know NCHC is kicking around bubbles in Grand Forks in Omaha. Is is the Big Ten's plan to to travel? What what are they planning? Are they planning to do? Right now, I've heard it's going to be a full normal schedule where you're going to play two games in everybody else's building, and then the Big Ten added this caveat: everybody is going to get four home games against Arizona State. Now, God bless those kids that you know decided to go to Arizona State to play college <laughs> hockey. They're going to play a full schedule, but they're not going to have a home game this year. And they're, they're talking to Greg Powers, their coach. They said, you know, we're going to do seven road trips where we do four, four games in a road trip. Um, you know, in, in most cases, it will be they'll come to Minneapolis for two, and then they'll go to Madison for two. They said in the case of Penn State, we're going to go out there, we're going to play four games because State College is in the middle of nowhere, and you can't really, you know, play right. a, another team with that. Um, and then they were smart. They, they made a deal with the rest of the Big Ten that said uh, everybody's got to come out to their building for two games down the road. Now, I said, let's get the Gophers out there in January. That's, that's when I want to go to Tempe, especially. I don't you one bit. Yeah. So um, I think it's going to work as of right now with just a regular home schedule. Um, we are seeing talk, you know, there, there was talk about maybe Notre Dame could be a, a kind of a bubble host because it's kind of in the middle of everything, and they've got two ice sheets in their arena. We're also seeing things like Wisconsin, for example, where they share their hockey arena with basketball, the Kohl Center. They're looking at playing all of their games at uh, Laban Arena, which is their women's hockey rink. It has about 2,000 seats because they're going to have limited seating anyway. So they figure, you know, why spend the money to change the Kohl Center over from ice to basketball when you're not going to have fans anyway? Uh, let's just play at a smaller rink. I asked Bob Motzko about that idea because they've got Ritter Arena connected by a tunnel to their main rink. Right. He said, absolutely not. They're going to play at 3M Arena at Mariucci because they've got it all set up to celebrate their 100th season. And then also, I believe there's some sort of contractual ob- obligation with 3M. You know, Part of the deal when 3M wrote that big check to put their name on the arena was the men's team is only allowed to play a certain number of home games outside of that rink. And I think that would violate that agreement. I'm not positive on that, but I've heard that's part of the consideration as well, which makes sense because, you know, 3M generously, uh, you know, wrote a nice size check for that building. So no fans across the board, correct? And no fans uh, that we've heard of. Now, okay. it varies state by state. Indiana, for example, where Notre Dame plays is pretty wide open right now. Um, on the flip side of that, Dane County, Wisconsin, where the University of Wisconsin is located, they have said no fans at all, no players at all. So, for example, the Madison Capitals, the USHL team there, they had to cancel their season because Dane County wouldn't make an exception even for them to have enough players in the building to hold a practice. The (laughs) University of Wisconsin is exempted from that rule. 
So they can get away with having, you know, uh, some fans in the building. Right now in Minnesota, it's 250. So I think you wouldn't see more than 250 people in the stands in the building. And honestly, I would think if they allowed 250, it would be limited to players, families, and, and folks like that. So what, why does the college have the exemption? They, uh, for some reason, because the college uh, is technically state property, yep. they're exempted from Dane County rules and regulations. Okay. Now, Wisconsin's goofy because there's a USHL team in Green Bay. You can stop Brown right County. there. You can stop they right can, there. Very goofy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brown County, they can do whatever they want. So the Green Bay team is playing. The Madison team is not playing this year. That is really weird. Uh, so are, are we, is the fact that ASU is going to be involved in the schedule, is this a, a potential uh, prelude to them being added to the conference like the Irish were? I think so. Now, you ask the Big Ten, you ask Arizona State, they say, nope, this is a one-year deal. There's absolutely nothing long-term to it. But if you're the Big Ten and you're the Big Ten Network, why would you not want a big market like the Phoenix area as part of your TV package? Why would you not want sure. a big name like that involved? It's going to be a lot of travel no matter what you do. But that, that of course, would get the Big Ten to eight hockey teams, at least for the time being, because I do think we're going to see Illinois add a team eventually. And now there's some pretty serious talk that Iowa could add a team down the road because they have a 5,000-seat rink in Coralville, Iowa, that, uh, that could house Hawkeye hockey down the road. Of course, like a lot of Big Ten schools, Iowa just cut a couple programs, so nobody's going to talk about adding a men's sport right now. Right. But when we're on the other side of all this goofiness, I think maybe 10 years down the road you could see uh, hockey at a place like Iowa. So, Jess, with the bubble plans for the NCHC, possibly in, in Grand Forks and then Omaha, so are, are all these, all eight NCHC teams, are these players going to be literally quarantined in these bubbles for, for six months? Like, do, do you know the logistics on how that's going to work? I, I don't think it would be six months. I think it would be, you know, a couple of weeks at a time. Got it. And let's face it, most everybody's taking their classes online now anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can do it. Logically, you can do it. Colorado College has that goofy thing where you take one class at a time for three weeks. So, you know, it's, it's something they're used to, to just be ensconced and bubbled with the same people for three weeks anyway. So, you know, they'll probably have some sort of advantage there, at least when it comes to academics. Thank you, sir. Great stuff. Talk to you Good soon, Jess Myers. You. Thanks, Jess. Take care, take care guys. All right, as always, check out um, Jess's work at the rink live. He does a great job covering the Gopher hockey team, also the National Hockey League. And uh, Declan, any final thoughts off um, a wide-ranging conversation? Starts with what Bill Guerin is doing with his team and then the fact that it does look like we are going to get a college hockey season. Well, I guess the one thing we didn't get into is who do you think is uh, – who's your front runner to get the captaincy? We didn't get into that, did we? We did not, and I wrote this uh, at scorenorth.com on uh, Tuesday. I would not give it out to start the season. I would name, plan the I, Sharks' plan. I would name, yep, and D Detroit, actually, the Wings have done this for the past two years as well, four alternates. I would. There's no reason to hurry. Sure. And plus, this roster, like, look at this roster. It's in big-time flux. Like, there's a lot of expiring contracts. My question is this. Unless you are just certain that Jared Spurgeon is going to be the greatest captain of all time, why not just wait and see? Right. Because the room's going to evolve and change. The goal here is the one thing we're not talking enough about probably is what Bill Guerin is doing to change the team dynamic. Yes. Like it's not it's not just who's going to be on the lines and it's not going to be – it's not a question of personnel on the ice. That's part of it. 
But a big part of what he's doing is he looked at that room and is like, yeah, you got problems. I got to trade a lot of guys. Like, I'm sure he'd trade more if he could, but he can't. So I guess my question is, if Benino's going to come in and, let's say, takes control, okay? Yeah. Why would I want Jared Spurgeon to be my captain right now? Like, I don't need to do that. Here, here's what I'm thinking. I think Bill Guerin is assessing, number one, the room, assessing the room, assessing the culture. That's obvious. I think if you were to take a vote of the players that are in on the roster right now, I think it would be it wouldn't be unanimous, but I would I would think it'd be probably pretty obvious that Jared Spurgeon's the guy. I think deep down in his heart of heart, I think Bill Guerin wants it to be Marcus Foligno. Sure. I, I, I really do. And and both, by the way, both are prime examples and, and have, have the qualifications to be captains. Sure. So I'm not implying that Marcus is ha- Marcus has more of a qualification to be one than Jared does. I think he's assessing the room and he's assessing the situation. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that's not that's an announcement that's not made until very close to the start of the season, when whenever the hell that happens. But he would have to get a contract extension first because he could be gone. Yes. Here's the problem with Spurgeon. One, he's been here a long time. Two, the personality doesn't work. I need a captain who, on the ice in practice, will go beat up my star player. Like I, I need a cat. I'm tired of I, the the Miko Koivu John Wayne act. Is it's time for that to be done? Yeah. And Jared Spurgeon, look, he's a great defenseman. He is a a dynamic player considering his size. Yes. But think about his personality, Declan, and think about his post game approach, which is very team and the team tried hard. And Jared Spurgeon has a lot in his personality, a lot of the old wild traits. And if I'm Bill Guerin, I need a captain who literally, if somebody is goofing off in practice, will go beat that guy up. It needs to be, and and Felino would, but I need him signed to an extension first. But I just don't see any need. This team's not going to pop. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to take time, which is fine. But I don't see a need to rush to judgment because the flip side is, a year from now, this could look different again. Exactly. Bukestead could be gone. Benino could be gone. Yeah. Felino could be gone. Johansson could be gone, right? So, okay, if that's going to be, be the case, what was my rush to name a captain for 2021? I really didn't have one. I would just wait and see and let the room play out, and and the alphas are going to take control. We yes. just don't necessarily know who the alphas are going to be yet. Um, But the whole Koivu thing, you just got to – for lack of a better term, you sort of got to get that stench out of there, which is the old, you know. I mean, basically, th- think about this. Miko Koivu, and this was my problem with him. Miko Koivu is now trying to make it sound like he left the wild. Like yeah. he, he was told you're done. Yeah, it, it, He well, wanted to stay, and then he's like, well, now he I, had a chance. It is so fraudulent to have had a chance to go to a team at the deadline that could have, have won. Bill Garrett said, we'll waive, waive your no trade. I'll trade you. And he's like, no, I want to stay here. In his mind, it was inconceivable. Inconceivable that he would be jettisoned, which he was. I'd, I'd argue that he's made it clear that I was kicked out of here. Like, I, I, I was forced. I was, I was kicked to the curb. I think it's more of that. I think his quote, though, Personally. about trying to win is a complete fraudulent quote when he was given the opportunity to win. I, I agree. And he bailed and, especially, and said no. And especially for team like, look, Columbus might be fine. Columbus might be a playoff team next year. Who the hell knows? Well, they might be. But for him to join Columbus and say that, too, that's what we were talking with Jess, is just like, uh, 
you know, like Columbus has won like what two right. playoff but series in their existence. But it comes back to the word that I, I used in talking to Jess, which is entitlement. There was so much entitlement. And so I and I need a captain who's going to cut through that. And I don't think Jared Spurgeon's that guy. Yeah. I need a captain who's going to be vocal. I need a captain who's going to get in people's faces. I need a captain who's going to change the dynamic of that room completely. Like that's Garen's goal. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. He find he he basically in the last month now has has given credence to everything that we've said for four years. You know, and Fenton started this and good right. for him. But all of these guys who were like, Minnesota's great. I love it here, man. We going out after? We, we're we going down to Tom Reed's for a beer, right? We love it here. Well, See you there. But you lost. Oh, man, that's okay. They got the back room for us, man. <laughs> it's going to be great. I mean, it's just it, it just drove me crazy. And now it's gone. But I now need – but it's going to be a process, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't snap your fingers, and now it's changed. I understand that. Garen gets that. But, yeah, I would leave it – I would leave it open for a year and – Name four alternates, and they can go argue with the refs and blah, blah, blah. All right, we will uh, be back next week. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about. Who knows? The Wild might make trades. Let's get Billy on. Let's get Billy on. I'll put in a crust for Billy Garen. All right, we're done. Go ahead. Fast shoot score. He knows he once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark the highest-rated dog DNA test, unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.